people that already had known us and trusted us who had other types of businesses had money sent in the bank earning nothing. And they financed us. They trusted us because we knew them for a long time. They invested our integrity. They knew us. And they were financing us 100%. Welcome to the 7 Figure Flipping Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of thousands a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey everybody, welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. And I've recently, I've been doing this series. I, we just came off this leadership series and now we're into this series of uh, some different members of our mastermind groups, whether it be the Seven Figure Runway or Seven Figure Altitude group. And today I've got uh, some really cool guests on the show and people that I've known for a little while that I got to know them recently and even before they came to Flip Hacking Live. And we we spent some time together at another event. So another kind of networking event, another event about IRAs, 401ks, tax advantages, stuff like that by a guy named John Heyer. And I just decided to just jump on a plane, go down to Puerto Rico, come to this event. And I had no idea what to expect. I actually got my dad to tag along with me. So you guys heard him on the podcast recently. And if you were at Flip Hacking Live, you got to see my dad. But I met these two incredible people there. And it just so happened that we invited them to come to Flip Hacking Live. They came and became a part of the mastermind group. So I think we'll hear a lot about them, about their background, maybe a little bit about the event that we attended and what they got out of Flip Hacking Live today. So I'm really excited to bring on the show today, Larry and Janet French. Hey guys, how are you? Hey. Hey there. I'm Janet. <laughs> you have a very deep know. voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, good to see you, Bill. Yeah, it's good to see you guys. And um, I would say when I met you, I don't know, it was probably like last year. It was probably a year ago, wasn't it, that we went to Puerto Rico? Yeah, at least about a yeah. year. Yeah, more or less. Actually, it was the beginning of this year. Yeah, because his... I think he's doing his, his event again this year down in Puerto Rico. I see, I, I'm obviously we're on his email list and he's been blasting me and um, I'm breaking my notebook open to look and see what I learned from the event and what I actually implemented, right? So we usually come out of those things oh, with yeah. a bunch of plans, a bunch of ideas and I got, I got like 30% of it done. It's about what my typical standard is, it seems. It's not bad, not bad. It's a lot, it's a lot to implement. Oh, th those were, it was like five days long. It was a long event. It was over a weekend. And just to give you guys some context that's listening. So this is, uh, I've, I've been looking at my IRAs and 401ks and lending money and doing all the things that I do, opportunity zones, rental properties, all this stuff from a tax advantage standpoint for a long time. And I've always been looking for somebody who I felt, I've, I've, I actually on the podcast recently, I interviewed uh, E-Class and we talked about this validation that what you're doing is right. And for me as doing my own taxes for a long time, I never really, I hired these consultants, these CPAs to come in and look at my books. And, and basically they said, yeah, what you're doing is right. I paid a bunch of money and I was looking for somebody who was a really high level IRA 401k person to give me some advice. And I, I was, I was recommended this uh, to John Heyer by somebody else inside of our mastermind group. His name is John, uh, Glenn Williams. And he pushed me over to him. So I said, okay, I'm going to go check this out. I'm going to go to this event, not knowing what to expect, but I wanted to go to the event to get to know him a little bit. That way, if I ever wanted to work with somebody to see who they were, kind of feel them out before, like try it out before you buy, right? So the guy blew me away. His knowledge was insane. And there were some really incredible people there that I got to know, you guys being one of them. We actually took a weekend and spent some time. We right. took a 
where we take a boat over to an island and we look look at the bioluminescent bay and stuff like that. And me and my dad and, and you guys, we got to spend some time together. So it was really nice to get to know you guys a little bit better. So why don't you take some time just to introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about who you are, kind of where you live, what you do, that kind of stuff. Okay. May I roll? Sure. So we're in Southern California in Huntington Beach is where we live full time. And then our entire business is out in the Coachella Valley. So for all of you not necessarily familiar with the Coachella Valley, that is the Palm Springs area. It takes us about two hours to get there driving inland. And so we have focused on that area solo, uh, so all, exclusively. all exclusively, whatever the word is. I'm looking. Solely. I was thinking of solamente, like I'm looking over <laughs> to Puerto Rico times there. And um, because of the houses that were there, because when we started, the prices were right, and there weren't a lot of other investors there. So that's that's primarily where we work. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, so we came off, we got into property investing, coming off a couple small businesses. Janet was uh, working in a mortgage brokerage. She is so incredible. She was at the company, I'd say two years, and starting the third year, the owner said, well, you want to buy half this company? Cause you, and so she became a co-owner real fast. And I had a web development business. I was building websites and online databases and stuff. And times were changing. It was crazy because it was around the time for my industry, the computer industry, when um, a lot of the work was being outsourced. You could get a brilliant engineers in India to do the work for 14 bucks, and I needed to make a living charging $60. So we knew we needed to make some change. And um, this was about 2000, so we're rolling into 2006 or seven, and the real estate market is crashing. You know, the mortgage industry is blowing up, and, and it's, not just, it's not just local, it's across the country. And we saw that as a time to run towards that fire and start buying as much as we could and really learned as much as we could as fast as we can. And most of the people around us thought we were a little insane. Um, but it worked out well for us. I'm glad we got another time. So our first 10 years in the business, we only knew a down market. You know, we were always buying as values were crashing or going lower. And just in this last five years, seeing the up market was a new learning, uh, new learning process for us too, to figure that out as things go up. How do you act? How do you, how do you bid? What are the strategies? So that, that's, kind of quick journey about us and, and how we ended up here. Okay. So you guys actually, you guys, you guys live on the coast and you drive two hours. What does that look like? Do you drive there every day? Do you drive there on Monday and stay for the week? What is, what is kind of your business look like on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. When we first started out, we picked that market because you could buy actual cash flowing properties there. And when we got out of our small businesses, the mortgage brokerage, and the website, we knew we were just, we had enough of other people making our decisions about relying on somebody else for our retirement income and whatnot. So we said, you know, we obviously we're going to have to flip because we need the money. We need, but we're going to buy as many rental properties as we can. And we went out there because at that time you could buy cash flowing properties in California. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, there hadn't been cash flow properties in California for a decade. Forever. And they probably never really penciled very safely along the coast, you know, in the beach cities. But so, inland, it started, the, the math worked. So what so does that look like for you guys? Long. What is it? So just run some numbers. Like give us an example of a property out in the Coachella Valley that you guys would buy or were buying at that time. What does it look like? Sure. 
So most of the properties that we were buying were in the range, either three bedroom, two bath houses, anywhere from the 60s to the 2006 at that time were some of the newer properties. And we were buying them on average for about eighty dollars to $95,000 each. So compared to the coast at that time, they were still in the two to 300 range for, you know, more of the inland stuff, not on the coast, but so, you know, we'd be able to get three houses out there for the price of one good house here. You know, maybe the appreciation won't be as good over time. The rent values are certainly lower, but your, your assets are spread out. Your risk is spread out and you get, you know, more properties for, you know, for the cash. And what, what were those renting at? You're paying some under $100,000 for a property. What are they renting for? Um, then they were renting for about um, $1,100. Now they're 13 to 16. Okay, nice. So you're yeah. all like two to one, uh, you yeah. know, like two yeah. And what helped us make that? What helped us make those decisions, Bill? Is so let's say here along the coast, there's some just in from the coastal cities like Garden Grove and Westminster and Santa Ana, those types of cities. A good basic two bedroom bath house in 2008 or nine might have been going for 300 or 350 ish, and that might rent for 2100 at the time. We're out in the desert two hours away. You could buy three of those at a thousand each month uh, of rent. So you're bringing in three thousand for about this, about third more in rent. Okay. So, and were you guys typically just finding them at that time, kind of on the MLS? What was the kind of the how are you searching for those properties? MLS and a lot of auctions. Lot of uh, REO options. Okay, so buying this is the kind. It's, everything's crashing. Everything's yeah. going. We got a lot of foreclosures. Short sales are rampant. All that stuff. It was and, the, yeah, it was a heyday, Bill. You could you could go on the MLS and and the amount for sale, eighty percent of it would be like bank owned. You know, it was there was so much REO. There was so much available. If they refuse your offer, you you don't even bother making a counter offer. There were so many other people just waiting for offers. It was it was um. You know, it's a time you look back and go, I wish I could have done 10 times more. But you didn't know at the time because you're, you're, you're nervous. You have never, nobody's seen any of this. How much more will it go down? Well, I'll tell you, I wasn't even really plugged in. So I bought a, a condo in San Diego in 2006. I paid $385,000 for it. I sold it in 2010, right around yeah. there, for, for 200000 it was a 700 square foot condo on basically like one block off the water. I got bailed out by a government, uh, the housing assistance program from the military's army uh, program, yeah. us military. I was just made it into that program. And without that, I'd, I had been in big trouble and I wasn't really following the real estate market. I wasn't in real estate then. And I, I remember what it was like. I, I wasn't even involved in it. And I could just tell people were talking about, you don't want to buy a house. What are you nuts? <laughs> and I bought another house actually when I went to Pensacola in 2000, I think it was the end of 2008, early 2009. And that's exactly what they were saying to me. What are you doing? How, why are you buying a house? And I remember that getting that mortgage was probably one of the most challenging things I've ever done in my life. And um, so you guys were running towards that, right? You guys are going after it and people are probably saying, you guys are nuts. What are you, what are you doing? So it's an interesting time looking back, you can say, absolutely, we should have bought way more, but you guys were probably under a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people telling you not to do it and under yeah. their judgment, you know, what That's you right. think is the best judgment at the time, you guys are doing the opposite. Well, right, that, and then, you know, just capacity, financially, you know, financial capacity. We, um, at the time, and I think this is an incredible tool for everybody that's available, our financing at that time didn't come from banks. We didn't qualify for anything. 
and we didn't have any cash either. You know, we were just off businesses that, you know, were barely making it each month, so to speak. And so in our neighborhood specifically, it's um, a little bit higher net worth and we volunteer a lot um, for the Philharmonic, for um, Kiwanis, we do a lot of that kind of work. And through that, just networking, people would ask us, you know, what are you doing? You know, and just ask us a lot of questions about how you make money, you know, what, what do you do for a living? And so people that we had, that already had known us and trusted us, who had other types of businesses, had money sent in the bank earning nothing, which is funny and ridiculous that it's still earning nothing. And they financed us. They trusted us because we knew them for a long time. They, you know, trusted our integrity. They knew us. And they were financing us 100%. So not only the purchase price, but the rehabs. And we were paying, you know, 10 and 12% at that time. And um, so we were very blessed to have really good financing come our way. And we've taken great care of those people. And uh, we're still using those people today. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a good thing to go out and volunteer and look for money outside of our industry. That, that was the, cheaper. Bill, that was our key takeaway. When raising funds, we didn't go to the real estate clubs and say, who wants to fund, you know, my flip? We just volunteered. We did what we enjoyed doing, Janice from Musical Family. So we gave, we gave back and volunteered with the Philharmonic Community Society. And they raised money for school children for musical instruments. So we get to meet all these cool people. And, and like Janice said, they naturally are interested in your business. And so they start asking. And then you just, they, don't, they don't know our industry either. So it was kind of exciting for them to, to hear about it and hear about how the projects are coming along that they help fund. And so I, that's, we always recommend folks looking for to learn how to raise money. Look outside the flipping or the, the wholesaling or this industry. Look elsewhere. Yeah, I totally agree. I always kind of look at it like there's, there's kind of like three tiers, right? There's the people who, who are way outside of our industry, but also are not savvy investors. They're not big in the stock market. They're, yeah. they just, their money is making, like you said, zero or 1%. I mean, I, I'll have somebody come up to me and say, yeah, I got like a five-year CD right now. That's awesome. It's paying me 2%. Just go, you tied your money up for five years for 2%? Yeah. What are you doing? How much? 150000 What? And what's the penalty to get it out? Let me show you yeah. what can happen at that point. Let me show you what you could do with us. You don't have to, but here's an option. And 6% really kind of blows their skirt up, right? And right. then you've got those you people. You don't offer that guy. You don't offer him 10%. That's scary yeah. to and that's when you say, well, what if I could double that 2%? Oh, I'd love it. You know, at 4%, I, that's crazy. And then, you, then you've got the people, I think, who are out, also outside the real estate business that are not doing hard money loans or loans at all, but they're, they're in the stock market. So they kind of understand that. Yeah. And then that's kind of the second tier down, who is a savvy investor, but not in the real estate world. So if you tell them, say what a point is, say how many points, but they don't even know what a point is maybe. Right. So right. you got those people. And then that third tier is those people who are already lending money in the real estate. And so the way I look at it on those three is it's, a, it's about speed. So if I need the money really fast, it's probably that third tier guy. It's the guy that like, like, we'll talk about some of the stuff that you guys do. I know you guys lend some money and I lend some money. It's calling, calling me up and say, hey, I, I need this loan tomorrow. Okay. That's a different conversation than somebody who doesn't, whose money's in a CD. It's a long-term relationship. Like you're talking about, you're building that trust over time. And it's not based on kind of my performance, my lat, my portfolio, all that stuff. So inside the group, you see a lot of times people ask about money and I want to raise some money. And they're talking about putting together kind of like this package to deliver and stuff like that. You've got these people that know, like, and trust you. They spend a lot of time with you. You've also been 
he's been using their money for over 10 years, it sounds like, or about that probably. And yeah, 10 years of, now. And of course, they they are really enjoying working with you. And if you said, hey, I'm sorry, we're actually getting out of the business. Here's your money back. Those people are probably <laughs> going to be pretty upset. They're going to they're gonna go, whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what are you talking about? Like, uh, they're putting their kids through college with the money that they're making with you guys. They're doing a lot. They're doing improvements to their home. They're all that stuff. So they're really enjoying the relationship too. It's a symbiotic relationship. It's really cool. Yeah. Ooh, and I think that's a great tip is, is get outside your, your world where you think you need to be. And if you say you know, somebody says points and interest to you, you want to focus on some of the people you might not know. It might be a teacher who has a pension plan that's built up, who has those IRAs and 401ks that they didn't even know that they could self-direct into real estate. There's a lot of things that people out there that just yeah, yeah. Don't, don't understand um, what's possible. And like you said, uh, there's, we could do a whole thing on borrowing money about don't, don't give them the percentage right up front. I, I it's a consultation. Hey, you know, what are you making on it now? What are your goals? Yeah. What do you think? And at that time, you're also borrowing people's money who are, you're telling them, oh, I'm going to put a mortgage on this house or I'm going to put it into this real estate where they're going, whoa, real estate? I don't know. So they really have to, at that time, probably had to know, yeah. like, and trust you too. To we, I like, we like to that. say um, our promise and our guarantee is us. But if for some reason we fall off the planet, you'll get this beautiful, you'll get this house. You know, it's guaranteed by something. You can go stand in the driveway. This is so safe and secure. And it's so different than you sending your money to, um, to buy a whole bunch of Apple stock. So you might buy a hundred grand in Apple stock. And if those new Airbuds um, cause, start causing deafness and that, and that company, <laughs> that, the company gets slaughtered, you know, on the stock market, you can't go up to Cupertino and say, well, give me that desk, give me these computers. There's no, there's no collateral. So it's so safe, you know, the situation we put you in and, and yeah. So we kind of explain it. We, we, we differentiate the two types of investment by that way, saying, talking about collateral. Yeah, I love it. Okay. So you guys at that time, your houses are easy to come by. You guys are in a fortunate position to have some access to capital in your network, right? And that's the key. Just constantly be networking and looking for that and always have it out there. It's the same with my staff and with my team. And we're all always looking for the next best hire. We're looking for the next best uh, networking for homes, for other wholesalers, upcoming wholesalers, anything like that. Contractors always be out there. Same with money. If even if, even if I had $10 million in the bank account right now, which I don't, but you can send, I'll send you the address at the end to send the chat. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we want to figure out who else we can talk to because who knows we, a deal might come up that I need $10 million for down the road. So I want to make sure that I'm constantly networking with those people. And I think, you know, part of your guys's growth and, and trajectory from what, what I know of you is that networking, not only just for the money side has been really big for you guys too, in finding deals and things like that as the markets got a little tougher, right? Right. So we started out in this industry going to all of our local Southern California RIAs. And that's where we met all the different, you know, mentors that we have and all the people in our industry that we always bounce ideas off of. Same, same thing with your group, right? You know, you learn from everybody else what they're learning. And so when we started working out in the desert, there weren't any real estate clubs out there. So we um, started one. Well, we took over an, an existing one that was really not running. So basically we started it. And that's been a big success. I mean, it's not that we're getting so many deals necessarily from that group. We certainly do get some, but it's all the other types of networking that you get from it, whether it's wholesaling or we've done 
several lending deals out of um, just networking, and it's it's true across the board. You know, you got to the, the education is so important. Continuing education, continuing networking, it never stops. It sounds good to help other people. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. especially in an industry that you know a little bit about. You know, something I could feel like I have value. Yeah. You know, I I know this problem. Should do this. And watch them grow and, and change. It's really it's, it's a very satisfactory experience. Cool. So, and so you guys have built this kind of networking group and a, a real estate club out there. Um, so took over one that wasn't necessarily that successful, started building it up and, and taking it over and making it your own. I've seen, I've been on the site. I've seen a lot of what you guys do. You guys definitely give back a lot. You have a lot of meetings, you have a lot of events. You guys do a lot for, for that for, from the month to month. It's not just like one meetup a month and that's it. So I was on there because Vanessa actually came out and spoke at your, at your event, right? So she was really nervous. She said, what should I talk about? Um, are you sure that another member from the mastermind doesn't want to come? I said, Vanessa, you, you flipped houses. You were basically Justin's whole company for a long time. Like together you guys did a lot and you have a lot to give. And so afterwards I sent her a message. I said, Hey, how did it go? She's like, I nailed it. It was so great. So it's really cool <laughs> to did. see. Did. We had no doubts because we've known her for years too. Yep. We knew she knew her stuff. You put somebody in front of a microphone, they'll get over the fear real quick if, they, if they're talking about shit, stuff they know. <laughs> that's, that's right. You, you, yeah. You're exactly right with that because I, I remember, I, I think maybe I've told it on here before, but I, I have a master's degree in aeronautical engineering. And I remember go, when I was going to uh, grad school and yeah. I, was, I was doing all this aeronautical stuff that I had no idea. I was a mechanical engineer undergrad. This is all new to me. And I got to sit up there and defend my thesis, even though I worked for like three to five months on this this project and writing this thesis, there are PhDs in, in the audience looking at me who knew 10 times more than me, even about what I had done. So I was, I remember being so nervous. I was stuttering. I was, I just could not even, it was embarrassing. I, I, I got my, <laughs> but then you put me on a stage in front of 600 people talking about real estate and building a team and the stuff that I've lived over the past few years. And I'm super passionate about no problem. I, I could, it's like I'm yeah. talking to one person. Yeah. So it's totally different. So that's what I told her. I said, gave her a couple of tips before I said, Vanessa, just you know, picture them all like they're in their underwear. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Yeah. And, and then it's just said, look, Vanessa, there's nobody in that audience that knows more about what you were doing and what you've done than you. So that's it. And be, yeah. be confident up there. And she was. And so, I mean, I wasn't there. I didn't see it, unfortunately, but she just her telling me that she knocked it out of the park. She doesn't usually talk like that. So it was really <laughs> she did great. Well, I, she's um, she's rolling with the uh, the big cruise coming up too, right? She is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I I have no doubt that is I have no doubts that's going to be a wonderful time and and, and properly you know she's going to handle that. Oh, she, well, she puts on all the events. She does it all. She's the, she's, uh, anyway, I am, I am so thankful that it, with this company, obviously when uh, Justin and I negotiated everything, v Vanessa and Kyle were two people that I just said, like, I, they have to come too, or yep. we shouldn't even continue this conversation because uh, they, it's like we talked about at Flippacking Live, it's all about the people. And you guys know that from your relationships, from everything that you're talking about with your lenders and, and doing deals and building this community that you've built there uh, over in Palm Springs. It's about the people that, that show up to these meetings that you get back. If, the, if there weren't any people that you enjoyed spending time with, I'm sure you wouldn't continue to do it. So exactly. that's exactly right. We, you know, we like to say um, 
we're going to stay as long as we're having fun and we're going to hang out with the people that we have fun with. And that's it. You know, uh, do you want to leave yet? Well, are you having fun? No, it's time to go. You know, yeah. do you want to stay? Yes. I'm having fun. It's a lot of these questions can be answered really easy. That's right. Simplify it as much as possible. So, so the market changed a little bit. You didn't have these deals kind of just falling over in the MLS people, you know, trying to figure this out. So you guys, I know that Vanessa came to your event and then you guys, we, we said, invited you guys to Flip Hacking Live. What, what were some things that you got from that event? What did you, what, actually, what did you expect coming in? Because this wasn't something where you're like, oh, I'm dying to buy tickets to. It was kind of, hey guys, um, we'd love to come out to the event, talk about it, or to come to your event, talk about it a little bit, and then come join us at, at Flip Hacking Live. And, and we knew each other, so I reached out to Janet, and you were awesome telling me about lots of different RIAs in the area and giving me some advice. So we gave you guys some tickets, just say, come check it out. And my dad was going to be there and, uh, and my mom and stuff. So you guys uh, knew my dad so you could spend some time with him. What were you expecting going into that? And maybe then after that, we'll talk about what, what you actually got out of it. Definitely a different journey. Did not expect to be sitting here talking with you about this. I, it, um, and not in any particular way. It's just that we went because again, we always enjoy meeting new people, right? We're, we've kind of, um, over the last year, I like to say we've been lazy in our business, but really we've just been enjoying all of our hard, previous hard work. So it's, our business has really plateaued and we've noticed that we have been a little bit bored. And so we've already, you know, our thought process was already, we need to, you know, do some new business, ramp it up. So when we went to your event, it was more like, oh, great, you know, maybe we'll meet some new people that can wholesale us deals or, you know, we'll, we'll kind of basically just expand our market, right, and networking-wise. Wow. And for me, um, what I didn't expect was to um, want to come home and create a completely different business. <laughs> And what, I, and what I mean by that in a so positive way, Larry and I have always been extremely resistant to hiring anybody. Our philosophy has been stay small, keep it all, you know, Just didn't want to take no that employees, no, no, and we've handled it all great ourselves, but we've also left a lot on the table. Right. So we never really wanted to expand just for multiple reasons from our other business backgrounds and, and just, I don't know, maybe it was a confidence thing, um, maybe it was not, but the tools that we now have from your company, from Flip Hacking, it was just like an eye-opener for me. I was like, oh my gosh, here it is. We just plug in and it's not, I mean, it's certainly going to be hard work and it's not that it's easy, but the tools are there and we don't have to recreate the wheel. And I think for me personally, I can't speak for Larry, gave me the confidence that yes, we can grow a business and really um, knock it out of the water much larger than we have been. So Bill, the benefits to me actually from going to, um, to some figure is I'm, I'm excited to build this and, and ramp up, you know, like Jenna was saying, it, it's been smooth. It's been easy for us. We've done a lot of hard work over the last 10 years to have the, the free time we're having now, but we don't enjoy the free time as much as we thought we want to work harder. So the tools is what's going to allow me to leapfrog months I'm going to save months of time finding these services, understanding how to do different channels and, and just jump clicking right into it. Um, so that's, that's what I really walked away with just saying, Holy cow, I don't have to do all of this. So much of this stuff's already done. Well, that and the training the ability to plug into your videos and your modules and have the training available so that 
I mean, obviously we're being trained, but we will be able to hire people and have them trained. That's a huge, huge thing for at least me. Yeah, that was the biggest thing for me putting it together is figuring out how, because we have this kind of entry level group, right? The runway group. And then we have this altitude group. So I knew that when I created a lot of this for the, for the runway group, it's for the people who like you guys who are just getting into this for the first time. Like maybe it's marketing, maybe it's the systems, maybe it's all that stuff, but the altitude members who have been doing all this, they have a team, they've already built out their team. Then it's more about how can I also add and deliver some value to them? And it's about potentially plugging their team into some of these videos. So I think that's, that's where we go. And for me, selfishly, it was, I need to, I wanted to create this manual for my company and I've been putting it off. I'm not the kind of guy who's going to write down this operations manual on paper, right? So <laughs> why not take like all these videos and put it all together? This is exactly how we do it. When we hire a new transaction coordinator, go watch this, this, and this, and it's done. And so we, we've already set it up. They can see exactly how we do business. And yeah. people, guys like you and, and any other member, they can decide if they want to do it the way that we do it or they want to make a little tweak from it. And, and do things a little bit differently because I basically took Andy McFarland's business and I said, I like this. I don't like this. I like this. I don't like this. I'm just going to take all these little things. And then there's a couple other people over here that have something that I like. And I made this Frankenstein and that's what I have now. So yeah. um, all great works, a collection of previous masters. Exactly right. So (laughs) hopefully I can make that list one day. So you guys, you, it's funny that you say that you've, you've always wanted to kind of stay small, keep it all kind of thing. Cause I remember when we were in, in Puerto Rico, we're sitting there at the, at the hotel and sitting by the pool, relaxing, we're hanging out and you guys get a call from your mobile home park where like (laughs) it's literally exploding with poo. Right. So you have a septic issue that you're getting a call in Puerto Rico where, I mean, I see, can see Larry going, Oh, not today. Like I got all this. And after that call, I was kind of like, what was that? And you tell me a little bit about it. And we talked a little and I, I said, well, what do you, you guys are actually going out there all the time. You're actually doing all those things. You're seeing the houses you're, and I, I couldn't tell if you guys were frustrated or not at the time. I couldn't tell. It's just, it seemed to be the way that you guys wanted to build your business. And for, for me, I would never tell someone that's not the right way ever, never. And I, I'm still not. The, the point of the story is not to say you guys should have known a year ago. Um, it's the fact that this is our journey, right? It takes us to a place. And then we determine, hey, you know what? I'm really, I really do like to work hard. I actually don't like to sit on my butt and do nothing. So I want to build something new because for us, sometimes that's a challenge, right? You guys probably see it as a challenge and something that you want to attempt. And that's, that's the way I saw it. I saw somebody who was doing something that I wanted to do. And from time to time, I, I will look at other things and go, that looks exciting. I kind of want to try it. So sometimes I have to stop myself from doing that. But you guys were there and I, I felt like I was at the place at that meeting where things were really good. I had Nate was on, on board running the company. Yeah, yeah you were saying Nate was brand new. I remember that. Yep. And he was, I had been removed. I wasn't having to check my email all the time. I could just put my phone away, relax and enjoy that time where I had finally kind of gotten to that place where I saw Andy and Justin were at our first mastermind meeting because really ultimately the COO was kind of up and running things there. And I was, I was removed finally from the business. And, and now obviously you can see, I really love to work hard too. So instead of just sitting around and enjoying my time off and all of these things, I decided to buy another business and jump into something I had really don't know a lot about and have been running it. But from the back end, 
doing all this, the podcasting, the, yeah. the, 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 the events, like big picture event stuff, all the things that I have to do now and I'm responsible for everything that works and doesn't work is my, my responsibility and my fault ultimately. So, um, I'm excited to see kind of what that journey looks like for you guys. And I'm happy that you saw something at the event that you didn't expect to get because it ultimately for me, it wasn't about showing you guys what you might want to do. It was more about hopefully just showing people the opportunity that's out there and then letting them go on the journey that they want to take. And if it's for them, great. And if it's not for them, that's okay too. At that event, three days, you're going to get a ton to go implement in your business, uh, whether you join us or not. Very true. And you know what? You can only show somebody the path, right? And if we went to your event last year or didn't go this year and went next year, we'd be in a different spot too. And we would hear it differently. And, and that's how I feel about going to all the training events. And like uh, you were mentioning John Heyer, every year I go to advanced strategies in the beginning of the year with Dyke Spotterford and John Heyer. And it's just every year, it's a completely different experience. And it's, it's always valuable always valuable keep going back and hearing it differently implementing things differently and it's it's an important part of the journey absolutely you know there's something important to mention there when i watch some of these events and these videos that we have on the training site i'll miss things that, that i'm not set up to hear oh, yeah. and so i think it's really important for our members who are listening to go back at different stages of where they are and go watch something again or listen to something again, I'll point people, they keep asking. I'm, I'm constantly pointing people back to like certain presentations from past Flip Hacking Lives that we have rec recording on the, um, yeah. on the site and different videos in the, in the, the flight plan. Because at, once you get to a point, like one, ex one great example is Nate and I are preparing for the CEO COO event right now. And I just read a book that I have read. I've read it three times. This is the fourth time. And I pulled something out of there where I was said, I didn't, was this even in there before? I, I didn't even know that they mentioned this. And Nate and I both were talking about it saying, can you believe they mentioned the service that we use in this book? And I'm, I'm not going to give it away because we're, we're harping on it at the event. But um, I, it's, it's, it's just like unbelievable that I've read this, I've read this thing four times and only now am I seeing it. It's like when the student is ready, the master will appear, that kind of saying, you know? And it's just when you're ready and we change so much over time that we've got to, we've got to continuously go to these events. I think like you're saying, we got to continuously, like if you go to this event every year, you get something different. And if, you know, past Janet went to that event, you would have heard something completely different. That's so, right. That's oh, yeah. right. Oh, we've been going to real estate seminars for 12 years now. We're going to one, we're going to Vegas next weekend. So we're going, we're checking in for another one. It's just, it, it, and it's, we learn every time every time always come back and change something implement something yep and that's that's it it's it's not only just going to these things for so a boost for a little bit of kind of moral support for energy but it's also the implementation and the action afterwards yeah. too so i mean yeah. you could come to the, you could come to flip back live you could join the mastermind group do nothing with it nothing's going to happen like it's not we're not magically going to make 10 times your money by not doing anything with it so i see people all the time so what are you going to do for me in this mastermind group no 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 I, everything's out there. You have all the opportunity. You have all the materials. You have, you have an infinite amount of wisdom and information out there for you to be successful. But now you got to take the step to go do that. Like yeah. I can't, I'm not going to fly over to your office and kick you in the butt and get you moving <laughs> um, as much as I'd like to sometimes. But um, that remind, you know, that reminds me of, uh, so 
there's a there's a type of person, not a person. I don't know. You maybe you relate to this. So sometimes you can speak with somebody. Let's say speaking to an agent, and the agent would say something like, um, "Well, can you fax your offer over?" And uh, I would tell her about the offer, and I go, "Well, fax. Well, what about you know? But they do have email nowadays. They have they have it on computers even." And a uh, it'd be more like, "Well, I've been in this business for thirty years. You know, I know she. That's that. When you hear that, when you hear somebody say back to you, "I've been in this business thirty years." I was feeling like we might be starting to get that way where you've been in the business, but you're still running it like it's your first day. You've never, you've never learned, you've never improved. And sometimes you'll bump into people. That's what I mean by this person with a fax machine, you know, in modern times. And so we didn't want to be that way. And so always trying to embrace change and constant learning, I think helped us hopefully not be that person who's been in the business 30 years and, and needs to brag about it. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's part of it too, but also not forgetting all the, the information and wisdom that you have from those past 13 years too. Because if you just shut, like change your business completely into a full-on marketing machine like mine and you shift everything into that direction, it has the potential to, to, to crash on you. So I've seen people come in that have a very successful business model already and a plan and try to change things 100%. Just go okay. 100, a 180 out from what they were doing before. And I think it's, I mean, it can work, absolutely. But what happens is I've seen people come in and try to get, and I've said this on the recording before, on the podcast to everybody. I've seen people try to create Andy's business overnight by hiring 15 people, dump a ton of money into marketing, and just think that, it's, it's going to happen in month one or month two. And then come month four or month five, they didn't, they didn't have a plan for that. And now they can't handle the, the overhead. They can't handle all the people. They can't handle the staff. They didn't organically grow from where they were to where they want to go. They tried to get there overnight. And that is the, that's a definite caution that I'll give to anybody who's listening, who's in the mastermind group, who's new to the group, who's watching all this stuff and sees, that was the fear that I had in putting my entire company out there in the detail that I did to a lot of people who are just getting going is they think they need all that stuff. So my whole goal in all those videos was to prep them for it. That's why I want them to watch the intro first and then start watching the videos, not just jump straight to my team videos. Because in there I say, Look, this is this is four or five years in the in the making. This is organically growing from one marketing channel to two to three, not starting six or seven right away. I just did a podcast with Brent Meeks that you guys will hear the last one right before this. And he's got like five or six marketing channels. He's dropping the hammer. He took the last three weeks, set up an entire, very impressive, hired a bunch of people, but he set up his entire year, his entire budget. He set it all up and a whole plan for it. And he has the financial backing and, and resources to know that if it doesn't work out, then he's perfectly fine. This was not a new person who's taking all $30,000, right. for example, that they have in the bank and saying, if I don't hit, hit black by the second spin of the roulette wheel in month two, I'm going broke, yeah. right? So I see that in people a lot of times. And I also see, so one example is we have a, a guy in our seven-figure altitude group who he does a ton of deals from just networking. That's all he does. And he wants to get into marketing. But what I, what I'm, I don't want to see him do is just dump a ton of money into marketing thinking that's what he needs to do because he's got a very successful business model right now that nets him a lot of money based on the gross. It is a very, very successful business model. And when I look at it a lot of times, I go, hmm, that looks interesting to me too. Yeah. But I have a different model. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's kind of that like yin and yang, right? It's like a little bit of combination of both and not just 
diving headfirst out of what you're doing into something new because it looks shiny. It's like that, that shiny object that. Yeah. Yeah. Squirrels. That. And I think it really depends on your personality. Not everybody's going to be successful at marketing like that or networking like that or what, whatever it is, you know, you got to figure out what you enjoy doing personally and you'll be successful at that, but not everything. But uh, I feel fortunate in that we are joining, you know, this group and this, this new mode, but we have a very stable business already. And so we don't have to worry about making a monthly income or, or, you know, doing all these other things. We can focus on one area, new area, and really get good at that. And then, like you said, expand from there, which is what we are doing. Yeah, I love it. So what is, what is your plan? You guys came out of this meeting. You joined the Seven Figure Runway Group. You've been watching some of the videos. You're, do you have a plan of where you're going now? What's, the, what's kind of the, the next step? So we have always done some form of direct marketing, literally handwritten postcards. I mean, literally handwritten. And we've been very slow at it. We're not handwriting them, but we hire somebody to handwrite them. And they're actually quite successful when we send them out. Mm -hmm. And we've had people like put their card, you know, our card in the drawer and call us two or three years later. So, you know, it's, it's a sprinkling of, uh, of leads over time. But um, what we're doing now is we're ramping that up quite a bit, you know, with some printed marketing materials and postcards. And we're going to continue to do some handwritten ones just to test it out and see which one does better or equal or whatever it's going to be. But uh, definitely a lot more mailers. It'll be be more mail pieces. We're going to internally handle the call intake and then hopefully be able to ramp that up within another two or three months with some support. Um, And, but just ramp it up slow. I see it as a long, you know, a slow, a slow uphill and get to the levels we like and then start checking out um, of the processes and the stuff we don't like to do in, in helping somebody else take that role over for us, you know, on, for a, for an hourly wage or whatever it makes sense for that, for that role. Nice. Okay. So the one yeah. thing I hear in there is consistency. So inconsistent. That's what I found when it was just me in my business. And I think we've talked about it before in, in Puerto Rico is we would, I would kind of mail. And then if I was going to one of these networking events like this, for example, I was going to an event, I'd go, I, we actually, I can't mail this right. week because they're going to be calling me and I can't take the calls because I'm going to be at this mastermind meeting or I'm going to be exactly. at this event. So I'm just actually just going to wait a week. I'm not going to mail this week and I'll mail next week. And then next week comes and sometimes I'll get busy and I'll go, Oh crap. I forgot to, I forgot to send the mail house my list. Uh-huh. So then the mail wouldn't go out for another week. And now I've got two weeks of gap and my, it's not just the fact that my phone's not ringing for two weeks. It's the fact that the pipeline isn't get filled up. That's right. It's going to affect you down the way too. Exactly. It's in in the military. I think I've said it. We call it the pig and the snake. The pig moves down like pig and a snake. You can see like a big pig and the snake and it's in a different place all the time. It just kind of moves down and you get these gaps of, of effectiveness from the company. Right now we're seeing that we had kind of a couple issues in the company. And I, I actually showed a chart at Flip Hacking Live where we lost three of our staff members. We went from 15 yeah. down to 12 and we had the wrong person on dispositions. And you don't see it right on the month that we hired him. You see it go down, you see it go down, and then you see it go in the crapper and then you see it go back up again. And yeah. that was us going, it, it becomes a little bit reactionary over time. If you're not specifically targeting those lead metrics, you're targeting a lot of those lag metrics uh, down the road. Like like revenue, obviously. So it's the consistency that happens. And for me right now, once I got to the place where I felt confident that I could just put it on autopilot, it took me 
putting somebody in place because I didn't like answering the phone. So when I didn't like answering the phone, I didn't want to send more mail because that meant more phone calls. So I was actually fearful to do that. So when I hired somebody who likes to answer the phone, then I didn't care how many mailers I sent because it's her problem now, not mine to answer the calls. And when I went to the mastermind meeting, the mail went out because I'm there and she, uh, she's there answering the calls and I'm somewhere else doing what I need to be doing. And then, and then the same thing happened with the appointments. I was actually didn't, I only wanted to go on really motivated appointments. I was, I was narrowing down all my appointments. I was like, I'm, for you guys, if I was you guys, I'm sitting there on the beach and I get a phone call from somebody at Palm Springs and I say, I got to drive two hours to go see this house. I don't, they don't sound that motivated. Why would I, I'm not, not going to stop everything I'm doing and go drive to see this house. But if I got somebody living out there full time, who's running appointments nonstop, I don't care how many houses they need to go see. I don't care if it's a retail house, they're going to go get their reps in. They're going to go on the appointment. They're going to check it out. They're going to go do it. And once that started happening, I started getting way more deals. I started going from one a month to five or six a month to 10 or 12 a month. And because I could do the, turn the dial like this and not really care about, I mean, that's their job. That's what they do full time. And it's, it's the stuff that they're a lot better at than I am too. So once you get people that are, that are better at it. So it's consistency, consistency, the key, take yourself out of the equation because a lot of times we are the problem and we don't realize it. Yeah, well, for sure. And we find that, you know, we live out, so we, we will drive out to the desert. We leave usually Tuesday through Thursday, Tuesday through Friday, whatever it's going to be nowadays. We we'll live there, she means. Yeah, we go out there. We have a house out there, so we go live there. And right now what we're finding is, oh, yeah, well, we'll be out there next week, so we'll see your house next week. Well, yeah. we all know that that's not really very effective. Don't tell you call her that. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, that's been our inconsistent problem. In addition to sending out the mailers themselves, part of that is because there wasn't financial, um, there wasn't a lot of financial need. It's like, well, if we get this one, it's fine. We need to get hungry again, you know. And so that's what we're excited about. Nothing's nothing's slip by. We're not gonna let any of this stuff go. I'm well. I'm excited for you guys too because you you know there's nothing there's nothing better to make you hungry than if you hire somebody who's really hungry. I could see that. No, I'm, I'm serious. I could see I, that. I am yeah, too. I care I about those people. Exactly. And, and you do. You guys are the kind of people who really care about other, others and the impact that you're going to have on somebody else's life. Because what's going to happen is you're, you're going to get to the point where you're, and you guys are already there. You're financially comfortable. You're, ha- you're, you're good where you are. You, could, you, you probably don't have to do this. And I got to that point and I felt like, you know what? I, what I saw was I got this team. I got the staff who they're not hitting their numbers. They're not hitting their targets. They're not making enough. They're looking at me going, we need to go into another market. We need to grow. I want to do more. I want to do more. I want to develop myself personally and professionally and financially and all these things. And nothing makes me more hungry to grow a company and build a business than having the right people on the, in the company who are hungry to do more, who want to do more. And we have the ability to, to do more. So that will drive you massively past where you thought you were going to go. And that's, that's the journey that I found because I've, I've shared plenty, but I, it was about the money at first. And then when the money came in, it was about the, getting the time back. And then it became more about the impact on, on the people and other, yeah, the other people on the staff. And now at the meeting at my quarterly meeting where we're, we did our one year, three year and seven year goals. 
they're more aggressive than me from time to time. <laughs> My management team, I mean, I didn't even have to be there and nothing would have changed. They're, they're basically, you guys saw them on stage at Flipback and Live, but they're basically taking ownership of the company and I don't necessarily have to drive them and crack the whip like I used to feel like I had to. And their mindset is going in the right direction. They're thinking that way. And that was a huge shift for me mentally to go, because with, with that, as the owner, comes a little bit more risk. I'm going to spend a little bit more money. And, oh, heck yeah. And, heck yeah. And, and where we spend more money and we increase our marketing budget to hit some bigger numbers, that's going to fall back on me as the owner. So, yeah. but well, I'm happy and the to pain do will. It. If it doesn't work out, the pain will, but then the glory will too, you know? Yeah, you're right. It's, you know, it, but that's what being an entrepreneur is. That's what yep. being a business owner is, you know? It's the risk reward ratio. And for me, I'm at a point now where the the biggest reward that I can get is the other people and the success of them. And I think that's where what you guys are going to see. You hire that one sales rep in that market, you find the right person, you find somebody that's okay. hungry, you find And then it's going to be your responsibility to start driving the leads. And so now you're going to go, oh man, like I got to figure out how to make them more money. And ultimately that's going to make you more money. Yeah. So, and it's going to be exciting because it'll be, you're going to be going into some new areas. You're going to be trying to figure some things out. You're going to have to tweak some dials and hopefully be doing the things like Janet said that you guys like to do the things that you're really good at and, you know, pawn off the other stuff that we either don't like <laughs> to do or not so good at to somebody who is, does like to do exactly. it. And is good at. Yeah. What about you guys and your relationship? Do you guys, uh, are you, do you do the same things? Are you very alike? Are you very different? What is the, what's the kind of dynamic that you guys have in the business relationship? Cause we have a, probably have a lot of spouses that work together in this industry that are listening right. to podcasts and stuff. There might be some struggles there. So what, what, what roles do you guys have? And then what kind of personalities do you have? Sure. Hey, if I don't have to be on the phone talking to anybody, I'm a very happy camper. So I handle, you know, the background, the transaction coordinating, um, the systems, the taxes, um, more, more of the background kind of stuff, the design of the properties, which of course is not the best use of our time doing all the rehab work. So that's going to be something that we're going to get to get, give up. I mean, I've been even doing my own books for years and been kind of like, oh, I don't want to give that to anybody. But now I'm at the point where I'm like, all right, I've had it. This is ridiculous. It's a huge waste of my time. I shouldn't be, I, it's not the best use of my time. It's not this waste of time. Um, so my job is if I can keep Larry on the phone, I'm happy. Yeah. So the way, now the way our, we <laughs> the way we fell into our roles is definitely what we enjoy doing, right? So we've been together 30 years, and um, I love we. Uh, what do we say? We sleep together. We wake up in the morning together. <laughs> we go to the gym together. We come home and we sit in the same office together. We share the space, and so. At dinner time, what do you talk about? Well, you're probably not talking about work, or you you uh, have some fun, you visit some friends or family or something. So we fell into the stuff we like to do best. Janet doesn't want to talk on the phone. I could yak and yak, so I I, I pick that up. I do just fine. I manage all the contractors. I, I I like to say I manage the physical. So I'm there on the job sites, making sure that stuff's getting done. She's in the office and and doing the um, dotting the eyes and crossing the t's. So I would refer, I'd recommend to other folks that are married to each other, um, don't fight what you're good at. And so embrace that be really good at it. You know, I would get real good at taxes if you're good at taxes. I would learn, um, learn how to work with contractors better if that's what you enjoy doing. But then also for us, for us, what helps keep us sane, because I was saying how we're together all the time, 
one of us gets to go live in the desert house a few days every every other week. So we get we get a little mini vacation away from each other, and that that recharges a battery. You know what? When it's when it's time, Janice, begin, she'll wake up that morning going, "Oh, good, you're leaving today," <laughs> and I'll high five her. You know, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm no, I, to go. Well, I agree with that because I, you know, I, I get to travel for this uh, mastermind group every now and then we probably, probably travel four times a year. And then I go down to Pensacola to fly. And I will say that, that those kind of times you get a little bit more like, what, what is it? Uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Sometimes you kind of remember yeah, this about exactly. that person. You get back and it's going to be a nice evening. Yeah. And how you help each other and stuff like that. And I, you know, I've seen you two together and you've been together for 30 years, but it seems like you guys are, still newlyweds. You guys really enjoy each other's company. It's very, very obvious. And um, it's really cool that uh, the time that we spent together in Puerto Rico to see that. And I, I, I think it's most, most relationships you have kind of those opposites attract, right? You have people that are very different personality profiles and structures and where one person is really good and likes to do something. And I think it's kind of rare to find that two are exactly alike that you can't fit and design the roles around. It sounds like you have a pretty good kind of visionary integrator role where Larry just likes to do handle the people, big picture type stuff. And Janet, you're a little bit more of the detail oriented person. Yeah. So um, that's really, I think the key. And if you probably, if you are in a relationship in, in a business, running a business together is really defining those roles is probably yeah. important because you don't want to be stepping on each other's toes and, and, you know, having to kind of micromanage or rework yep. what the other person's doing. There's probably some animosity. It's probably business partners too, but in a relationship. Oh well. yeah. But a business partners definitely need to keep those, those dynamics in, in mind for sure. You, you know, artists and, and creatives oftentimes aren't detail people. So just, that's great. Just know that about your role and, and where you fit in and you'd be fine. I think one of the big benefits too that we have in um, that being together so long, is that we just know the other person, what decision they're gonna make is gonna be the right one, right? It's, it's that inherent trust. We've been together long enough that half the time we're thinking the same thing anyway. So it's, that helps a lot in that, yeah, you got it. I, I don't need to see this, the numbers, you've got it. And I know that's right. we're on the same page already. So that helps a lot. I mean, that's been, especially because we don't have a team, right? We have one assistant who handles all of our rental properties. We manage all of our own stuff. And she handles um, 100, oh, 98% of our rental stuff. And we're, we took ourselves out of that, that part of our business, which is, you know, freed up our time to have a lot of fun, but also do our flipping and really our lending and our investing in notes and other things of that nature. So that's helped a lot. So, and then you married couples out there, you know, they'll tell the folks, if you're married, like Jana was saying, you have an advantage because your business partner cares about you more than anybody else in the world and it will always make the right decision in their mind for that situation and it may not end up being the right decision but it's always going to be the, the best decision they can make where um i don't know what it's like to work with other types of partners we we really haven't done it it's just been the two of us so the married a married couple has that advantage that that nobody no other business run by a married couple has yeah i think that's great i mean i I feel, yeah, I, I don't have experience with any of this really. So business partner or uh, working with my spouse. And yeah. so it's interesting to hear that and kind of see the dynamic inside the mastermind group from time to time of 
spouses working together and spending all the time together and things like that. And then also business partners coming in. And I've seen business partners, you know, dissolve. I've seen them struggle. I've seen them. I've, I haven't seen typically from what I've seen, the spouses working together has been really rock solid, probably because it, like you said, they, they inherently trust each other. They're on the same page, most likely most of the time. And they, they share the same bank account. Yep. <laughs> same values, same bank account, same everything. Like they're, they're just, they, and they know each other strengths and weaknesses and they're probably good like yin and yang. Like we talked about that supportive role. It's very rare that you'll see, like you said, the, the creative and the detail person be the same person. That's that nev- never the case. You, you're really strong in the creative world. Or you're really strong in the details or you, you have some of one and, and way more of other. And so it, it's interesting to hear that from you guys. I appreciate you. I, I don't know that I've ever necessarily asked, uh, uh, kind of spouse, business partners, kind of what that looks sure. like. So I think, it, I think that's really valuable for those out there that are thinking about getting started, that are in that business, that are working together right now, because that can be a tough dynamic to, like you said, you, do you ever really get out of the office, you know? And it sounds like you guys find it a lot of times with other people. And that's where, that's where we got to know each other, got to see each other and spend some time. And yeah. I could see, we didn't talk about work a ton. We talked about life and, and other things. And you guys and Larry, I will give you credit. You really tried to get to know the person. Like I remember you asking my dad a bunch of questions. You probably know a lot about my dad. Just uh, the questions you were asking him were not about work or anything. It's about him. And, and I was listening to that and really taking notes in my mind about how you treated him and, and other people. And that will directly reflect the conversation that you have in somebody's home. Yeah. Care about the person. Just like we talked about at the event when you, it's about the people, you care about the people, you're going to take care of your staff. You're going to take care of the people whose houses you go into. They're going to feel that you might not offer the same amount of money as somebody else, but still get the deal, you know, things like that. So really understanding that as you go start building a team about where your strengths are and obviously continuing that and being intentional about it. And, um, and for me, I'm, I, I have to really take notes on that kind of stuff because I am the detail oriented person like Janet. I'm the person who would rather be doing my books than networking at an event and stuff like that. But I really have to come out of my shell to do that because I know it's important for myself and my business as a business owner. You have to have, people have to come first. And I do like genuinely care about them, but a lot of times they don't feel that because I'm talking about other things like the the bottom line and the numbers. And I don't necessarily give the emotional pat on the back all the time. So I have to be very um, specific and, and make sure that I do that. You know what, mentioning the time, you know, the weekend we spent out of the country together with you and, and Bill Sr. I, you made me think of it just now. I, I'm very, I'm, I like reading, right? I like reading just the way you do and Janet does. And I like learning. And so I just found, I find people, whenever I can find something fascinating about them, I want to let them know that I'm really interested in what they know. I remember asking you about how do helicopter jet engines get, do they have radiators? You know, we were walking <laughs> along the beach and, and I'm asking you about, does a helicopter engine have a radiator? Or, I mean, I know it's not like pistons or, or is it? Or, and I didn't understand the concepts and you explained it to me. I was like, what are you talking about? It's a gas turbine engine. It's not even a piston engine. It's a gas turbine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, that's just my life. I'm really hungry. Right. <laughs> but each person can be like a book, right? Each person can be a book. You can ask them about some interesting stuff You're with your dad in the in his, uh, design architecture business and then his service and stuff. And it just, I think we could do that with, when I'm on the phone, I got a lead call three days ago. And we had a guest in the house and he's like, what was that? And I go, I, 
I was just some old lady who called. And he said, well, you were talking to her about gardening. And I go, yeah, well, she said she was stepping outside. And I was asking her if she ever gardens. And, and she said she wanted to talk about her fruit or uh, lime tree. And I told her how I had a, a lemon and an orange tree. And we just chatted. This is someone I've talked to for 30 seconds, you know, or two minutes. But I was interested in them. And, and I, I know that's such a basic thing, of course. But every person can be a book. So just to ask them, ask them stuff. They, well, they love talking about it. I, I think that's a... I think that's a gold mine in, in the business that we run, this off market uh, looking for properties, right? Yeah, yeah. You, it's not about faking it. It's about being genuinely interested in what they're talking about and finding common ground. Uh, yeah. I talk about it on the video that I, that I do with Val, my lead manager in the, for the flight, uh, flight plan that we have inside of the seven figure runway and altitude groups. The, when we made those videos, it was so cool to go back to those times where I was, I was in the house. So I did enjoy a lot of that stuff that I was doing. I don't think I was the best at it, but I really sure. did enjoy. I mean, I can still remember those conversations exactly where I was, what the temperature was like outside, what, what the smell of the house was when I was in there. Right. And so, but just getting to know some of those people, that was, that was a big part of this journey in my life and what has formed, like has molded this company into what we do now. And, and our, our kind of slogan of uh, changing lives one house at a time, right? Our purpose, cause, and passion of what we do is because that, that conversation that I had with them was about just the few minutes that we spent together about finding something in my life that was common to them. Like for you, you, if you didn't know anything about fruit trees, you would not have had that conversation. Most likely you're not going to sure pretend to know what you're talking about. You're going to find some other thing, some other thing that they're going to say. And it goes back to what we talked about being in the right place at the right moment. You just key off on something. And if I had the conversation with that lady, I would find something that, that we related to. And I don't know anything about trees. If I would kill a tree, if I planted an orange tree in my right, life right. in a day, I'll the, tell you right The now. easiest one, of course, is the weather, right? Everybody goes through the weather. <laughs> but uh, the weather is so, so common. I, I, another good one is, um, you can ask them, is that, a, is that an ambulance in the background? And it, it doesn't have to be an ambulance, but it'll get you talking. It could open the doorway to, oh, no, but there was one here last week. Right? It can, it, just questions like that can help people open up and you can find a little pathway to find a similar interest. Yep. The, the open-ended questions, the de like that, those kind of things. I always say, if I don't know the answer to a question and I'm trying to get somewhere, I don't ever ask it. But if I have, I'm, I'm looking for some common ground or something, usually for me, it was the fact that I, I had moved 15 times in 16 years. So it's almost always they're worried about moving and I'll talk to them about moving and give them some tips and things like that. Or, or I've traveled so much with the military all around the world, around this country, so many different places, lived lots of different places. I always typically have some common ground with people who have grew up in one area, lived somewhere else. I have lived yeah. there or been there or done something there or had a friend from college from there or any of that stuff. So good, I'm always good. just kind of like digging to, to, and so if you're listening to this and you're like, I lived in Texas my entire life, I've never left, I have no personal experiences, then find something, whether it's a sports team or the fact that you lived in Texas. If you can say, oh my gosh, you have to move, you can then relate to them and say, I've never moved in my whole life. I've lived in this one city. Brilliant. And you can yeah, take yeah. that instead of I've moved Perfect. so much. So flip it over. Exactly. The, the opposite of that is also something that could be common ground to say, yeah. oh my gosh, I totally relate with you. I think that I would struggle with that too, because I lived in the same house my whole life. So there's lots of different ways that you can skin this cat. But I think 
just understanding that it's all about the people, whether it's the people that you're talking to, the people that you're hiring, all the people that you're working with, your spouse, all of those things. So, okay. I, we've been talking for a while. So, um, the, yeah. I guess the one thing that I, that I, I, I'm interested in knowing is, do you guys have any, any type of goals for this year? Like what, where you want to get to the changes that you make, or are you just interested in these kind of small changes over time to see where you go? Or have you guys sat down and said, okay, we're going to do this for sure. So, um, no, we definitely have some very specific goals. When we first started in this business, one of the things that helped us, um, you know, succeed every year is when we, we would, we would have our quarterly company meetings. So Larry and I would get together once a quarter, go the whole company, the whole company, we just splurge and take the whole entire company out for a weekend. And um, we would, first we, we laid out our goals. First we said, where do we want to be in 20 years? And then we backed it down 10 years, you know, five years, seven years, one year. And that's because we were just starting out. We really didn't understand how much cash flow we would need or want or any of that. So we would do that every quarter. And that really helped us succeed in getting our cash flow rental properties and flipping because, you know, obviously part of that cash flow is flipping. So after, um, we went to um, seven figure, we sat back down again because we've completely been lagging on doing our quarterly meetings and said, okay, great, here's where we're at. And we started back over again, where do we wanna be? And so we, for me, I figured that in the next 12 month period, um, we could um, in a manageable way get to $30,000 cash flow a month, whether that's, um, and that would be a combination of flipping rental cash flow, no uh, investment or no income, lending income. And, and so a whole combination of that. And I think another big one for us is the opportunity zone. Because for me, and without getting into all the details of people that don't know about opportunity zones, for me, that is a big retirement check 10 years from now. Cash, you know, uh, tax-free retirement check. And I look at that as part of our retirement goal is that dollar amount, and of course it's, you know, we're not gonna know what that dollar amount is, but we know that it will be positive and that will be a, a good source of income for us down the road. So my focus is a lot on that. I'm building up that opportunity zone fund. And we've been working with John on that already. Awesome. How about you? Oh. <laughs> Do you have any goals? <laughs> well, I'd like to get another motorcycle. <laughs> Great, which means we have to get a new house or a storage unit because we don't have enough space. <laughs> so, uh, no, um, our, see, that's the thing. Our, the cash flow that we generated over the last 10 years has been able to make us a little lazy, So, which we're finding boring, and so now it's time to get excited and, and, stop, and, and start growing. So specifically, um, my goal was to get two houses per month for this next coming year. And are two transactions of some sort. Okay. So we have multiple businesses. One of our, we lend our own, our own finances out to other flippers. So if I get a loan and I'm making a nice loan to somebody here in our area or in Southern California, then I'd be happy with that. I'd call that a transaction. Those take marketing too. You know, that's part of a, that they don't just show up. So we work on marketing to create that business. And then of course, to find houses that we can either hotel, wholesale or flip. Um, we prefer to flip. And second, our second biggest um, thing that we enjoy doing is wholesaling, and then finally wholesaling. So uh, the the numbers two to a month. That's that's my goal. 
I love it. I love it. Hey, uh, James, come over here, buddy. My son just walked in my room. Hold on. Hey. Okay. So, uh, this interview, uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is, a, hey, I don't know where, James. I don't know where my wife is, but she's not here. So, um, I love it. I think that two houses a month. So on the lending side of things, can I, can I help? Okay. Give me a second. I'm going <laughs> to. All right. So I love that two houses a month or two yeah. trans okay, two let transactions. Just, let me let them, let me just let them go upstairs. You're going to be sorry. All right. I love that. So two transactions a month. So that could be lending, could be a new rental, could be a, a flip property. So, exactly. so you said that uh, you, it takes marketing to find loans. So do you only loan in Southern California? We're licensed to go anywhere in California, but not out of state. Okay. So can we use this as a little bit of free marketing for you, hopefully? So uh, do you just, are you looking for people to contact you if they're looking for hard money loans in California or uh, is it just people that you've worked with in the past and, and things like that? Thank you. And yes, we would like to hear from folks that are looking for lenders in the Cal state of California. Specifically, we would be fastest and probably your best choice if you are in uh, the desert areas around Riverside and San Bernardino County, because it's literally Jana and I doing the underwriting. And if it's an area we're already familiar with, I mean, that afternoon kind of thing, you know, so it could be very quick and, and, um, and uh, those would be great fits for us. But we've land all the way up, you know, almost to Northern California. So anywhere in the state. Okay, cool. So, um, how, how can they get in touch with you if they want to? Uh, so, we have a lot of listeners from that area, like Riverside and all, all those areas down in Southern California. We have a lot of people that are either in our mastermind group, listen to the podcast, probably. So, how do you want them? Do you want to just give your email and have them get in touch with you? How do you want them to contact you? That'd be great. They can go to um, my business website, and so our company name is Silver Moon, silver like gold and silver, and moon uh, like in the sky. C O which is short for company. So it's silvermoonco.com. Okay. Silvermoonco.com. Reach out to Larry and they'll kind of talk to you about uh, lending. So send your information. Hey guys, Hey, uh, please don't blow them up. If you're looking for a loan, great. I'm sure they, they like to get back. They, uh, I don't know that they need like thousands of emails. Uh, just if you want to say, Hey, great job on the podcast. You guys are awesome. That's cool too. <laughs> but um, yeah, it would be nice. Uh, would love to get you guys, uh, you know, Hopefully you get a couple people here that it, you didn't know before that listen to the podcast. They're looking for loans. I know, I know money for a lot of people. That's kind of the, the hard thing for them uh, for some oh. reason. So everybody's got a different, different area where they're kind of need some help. Right. And money is definitely um, one that I think a lot of our members could use some help with. And so, okay. um, I, so I think they, they probably got a lot from this about networking inside their warm network. But if their warm network is broke, then obviously you have to go outside your warm network, but then it's kind of getting involved. Like you said, looking for some different areas and you're probably that tier three guy, right? You're the guy who uh, you guys have money that if you need tomorrow or uh, the next day or the next week, then it's a, it's a call uh, and it's some underwriting and it's done. It's not, I agree. it's not that, Hey, it's not, it's not 4% loan guys. So, all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and so that's exciting stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing your guys' progress over the year. And I'm looking forward to going on this kind of journey with you too. I, I certainly didn't expect it when I saw, I went there for that lunch. I saw you guys and I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. But I didn't really have time to catch up with you at the event. We got to see each other at the Thursday night um, VIP 
cocktail reception and hung out and stuff like that. But I hadn't even mentioned anything about the seven figure runway or altitude groups at all by then. So um, I had no idea where you guys stood on it, but you did say that you were enjoying the, the event so far, which was nice to hear. You also sent me a phenomenal thank you card afterwards. Uh, so I really, really appreciate that. I don't know how you guys got my business address. I guess you went to the website and then my transaction coordinator scanned it and emailed it and said, hey, does anybody know who this is for? I think it's for Bill. And so it was really cool because not only I got to see it, but some of my staff members got to see it and they saw the impact that they had made from the event on, on someone. And I think that really helped them understand what, what we were doing here. And somebody like that, those, you guys are the exact people that we're trying to attract an event like this. We're trying to attract inside of our world, inside of the mastermind group, bring on the podcast, put out there to everybody. And like we said, it's about the people and it's you guys like handwriting a note each. And by the way, guys, if you're listening, they each wrote like half of the card. So there's like Janet's part and Larry's part. It's really cool to see that. It wasn't like Janet gave it over to Larry and said, Hey, sign this or vice versa. That's what I, we have those those types of handwriting cards. We have story after story of how they've supported us. Just recently, this year, um, a card like that, almost that identical card, along with a book, sent to an underwriter at a commercial bank, got us a nine hundred thousand dollar loan that we they the week before it was looking we weren't going to get it. And That's I swear amazing. it was that card that we were able to get. We, we tracked down the underwriter was and was able to get it to her. made a difference. That's awesome. Uh, so you, you just handwrite all those cards and just put different names on them. That's it. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. Exactly. They're actually printed. You didn't notice that. Oh my God. There's a method <laughs> of writing that stuff, right? You, you want to leave the word I out of your sentence. You want to make it all about the other person. You know, it's not, I appreciate you. I, th- I thank you. It's never about that. It's you are great. You, you are wonderful. You know, that's how we feel. and that's how you feel. Exactly. I'm glad that your you know, your group saw it because that's, it was for you and your whole team. But that's the impact you had on us. So I'm glad it it was reciprocated because that's really where we were at when we got home. It wasn't a made up thing. That's how we felt. Oh, I know. A hundred percent. I mean, you guys paid to join a program and then wrote a note. Like that's, that's, this is the kind of thing that we are, we're doing here. Like we care about each other. We see value and we're going to make sure that we, and for me, just so you guys know, I came home and I wrote hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those. Because not because I had to, but because I wanted to. And I want every single person to feel special and appreciated because we close the doors on this program. And guys, we're not, I'm not doing this podcast to sell this program. Okay. I'm doing this podcast so you guys get to know Janet and Larry and you, we can kind of hear from some of their experience and some of the things that they're doing to help you guys on your journey over the next year, two years, three years, whatever it may be. Because we close the doors on it because now my focus is entirely on you guys on all of you. That's it. I, do, I This is probably one of the worst business moves that somebody could make, right? You could sell something all year and it doesn't make any sense, but we are doing it because I know that it needs to be member driven. It needs to be member focused and we got to focus on each other because this, the way that we're going in some of these people's journey, some of the people are just getting started in the real estate business. They need a year and focus. They can't have people coming in and going out and doing all this stuff. We need to work through this together over the year. You guys are going to need different support than somebody who's already got four or five uh, employees right now. They got a staff, they got all the systems built out, all those things. And some people might be saying, well, these guys have 13 years of experience, but it's, it's a different model. It's a different design. It's a different structure of the business this way and getting that support. You guys are going to organically grow that and not just dump, you know, start from, like I said, zero to Andy, I call it. Don't go from zero to Andy overnight. Like 
you got to organically grow the company and people. So anyway, I appreciate you guys a ton. The gratitude has been huge for me lately. And you're right. Writing something like that and, and just sending it to somebody, it, you're top of mind in an underwriter's mind, for example, you, with a book, any of those things. And these are the things that we need to do in our business on a regular basis. You need to put the thought and the time into the people that are supporting you. If you're going on appointments, what are you doing after that? Are you just treating them as a lead? Are you texting them once a month saying, hey, are you still looking to sell? Are you still looking to sell? Or are you really remembering that fruit tree that they talked about and sending them a message about the fruit tree? Because they're going to remember the fruit guy a lot more than they're going to remember yeah. that other <laughs> bum that went in their house that's just trying to buy their house all the time. That just right. pisses them off. So if you remember that common ground, you're reaching out to them, you're putting that information in the card that you're talking about, you're top of mind to those people and you're going to get those kind of deals. You're going to get those things. I, maybe Larry and Janet are setting me up for a million dollar underwriting loan or something. I don't know. I got 900,000 out of the last guy. I don't know what you're going to get out of me, <laughs> but Hey, um, first of all, I just like to say thank you guys for, for being awesome. Um, the time that we spent together in Puerto Rico was very impactful on me. And if it wasn't, then I probably never would have reached out. Right. To, and Vanessa wouldn't have come to the meeting. You guys wouldn't have made it to flip hacking live. We wouldn't be on this podcast. It's, it, it's interesting how all like the holes in the Swiss cheese kind of line up to get us on the path that we're on um, all the time. So looking back at that, it really, I, who knows? I was, I was on the fence to even go to that event in Puerto Rico, met some incredible people, stayed in touch with some of them. And you guys really made an impact on me there. And you continue to do so, which is why I wanted to bring you on and make an impact on so many more people. So hopefully this podcast blesses you with lots and lots of hard money loans in the state of California. <laughs> and then you can, um, you can uh, send me another note. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, any, any like parting words, anything that you guys want to share with uh, any of the listeners? No, just stay tenacious. That's success in any business. Stay tenacious. Yep. I totally agree. Get out there, take action, do it. And, uh, and I love it. Don't, don't get lazy or when you're tired of being lazy, go out there and take some action and, 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 exactly. and change things. Cause change, change is what it's all about. It's a constant change. And uh, that's what makes things exciting yeah. in life, I think. So, well, thanks a lot for sharing like uh, over an hour with me. I really appreciate it. I know you guys are busy. Um, and then for everybody listening, uh, if, if you guys want to see Larry and Janet, jump on our YouTube channel. We just created a YouTube channel. It's a seven-figure flipping on YouTube. And then uh, leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you guys think about the podcast, uh, if you like it. And there's something for somebody else. You know, a married couple that's working in business together, share this with them. You know, and somebody who needs to go raise some money. Um, other uh, borrowers in California that need some hard money loans, make sure to share the podcast. And, and that's the whole goal here. I want to get this out to as many people as we can so we can help uh, some other people grow their business and grow personally. So uh, thanks a lot, guys. I had a lot of fun and I'll see you on the cruise, right? Yes, you will. All right. Going cruising in February. I can't wait. I'm, I'm really excited about that. So yeah, wait till you see my tan. <laughs> I saw it in Puerto Rico, so I hope you've been working on it. <laughs> you live in California, oh, Larry. I right. have no tan. <laughs> right on. All right. Thank I'm you, looking though. forward to the sarcasm. All right. I'll see you guys. <laughs> Bye. Later. Thanks for listening to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast with Bill Allen. If you want to grow and scale your house flipping or wholesaling business, check out more insider tips and strategies from the nation's most successful real estate investors at sevenfigureflipping.com. 